You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. Friday, February 2nd. This is The Christian Commute. I'm your host, Seth Dunn. And you're riding home with me from the cookout in Calhoun. And when I pulled in here, I said to myself, they're going to get my food wrong. If I go here, the floor will be sticky, the tables will not be cleaned, and they will get my food wrong. I was right about all three things, but it's cheap and the food is good. And now I have an extra bacon burger. I ordered a bacon cheeseburger. They brought me a bacon burger with no cheese. So they remade it. I ate that one. And I'm going to bring the hamburger with just bacon home. And I'll eat it tomorrow. Or feed it to one of my kids. And now I have to make an unprotected left turn. I don't like to do that. I'm going to go take make a U-turn at the light. If you're wondering why I'm in Calhoun, it's because I had to stop to eat dinner at 8. It was budget review day with the CFO and I was staying at work fixing the budgets here and there because we're trying to get this budget done so that's why I'm in Calhoun I thought about starting the show in Dalton and pausing it but I I didn't want to I was a little exhausted and I hadn't eaten yet now I feel better now I feel better and I can do the show one show this week you guys are probably wondering where I've been. Okay, here's what went down. Friday, I came home early. I think you guys know this because I recorded a show because one of my kids had the flu. Monday, I work from home anyway. Tuesday, kids still had the flu. He was still staying home. <coughs> and as you can tell, I have a cold. I got something. So that started. Or actually, it was continuing on Tuesday. So I stayed home. Wednesday, I work from home, and we had a basketball practice because we had our tournament uh, semifinals coming up on Thursday after winning in the quarterfinals Tuesday night, and we were playing a really good team. They beat us, Uh, but we wanted to get a practice in, and me and the other adults, the other coach and one of the other dads, we were playing against the kids because we wanted them to practice defense against bigger opponents and then I sprained my ankle so I really couldn't walk Thursday so I worked from home so finally finally I'm back on the Christian commute and it's Friday one show you could call it a short show but it used to start in Calhoun anyway so I'm gonna pull onto the freeway and I'm gonna do a full episode of the Christian commute. Today's title is Begs Big Eva Buddies. We got some Baptist alliteration here. Begs. <coughs> the cough is not part of the show title. Begs Big Eva Buddies. I'm going to talk about that. I have a question in the inbox about the genealogies in the Gospels. I eat too much. 
I was I said to myself, should I save my fries and eat them with a hamburger? And I thought, no, they won't be as good reheated. I should just throw them away. I don't know why I ate them all. I don't feel good. And as always, we have the Bible chapter review. Matthew chapter 27, verses 35 through 37. Matthew chapter 27, verse 35 through 37. And it was last Friday when we last did this. And at that time, Jesus had refused to drink uh, a drink offered to him that was mixed with gall because he didn't want to deaden his senses, or at least we assume that's why. And by the way, that act of refusing the drink, or the drink being offered to him, the drink with gall being offered to him, can be tied to the Psalms, as can one of uh, today's statements about what happened to Jesus. But before I say that, something comes to mind. When you reference a psalm, you don't say the S. So there's the book of Psalms, and we call it the book of Psalms because there are many psalms. One poem is one psalm. Many poems is many psalms, okay, in the plural. So that's why we have the title of the book, Psalms. But if we're referring to just one psalm, we say Psalm 22, Psalm 103, Psalm 104. We don't say Psalms. You don't say, I'm going to go read Psalms 22. Let me reference Psalms 22. You say Psalm. Now, why would you say, say 1 Corinthians 5? Because the name of the book is Corinthians, because it's a letter written to Corinthians. You wouldn't say Corinth 5. Like, you wouldn't say Matthews 5, because you know the, the title of that gospel is Matthew. Anyway, Psalms. And you know how redneck people like to put S's on the end of things? Like, I'm going to go on the way home, I'm going to pass White, Georgia. They'll call it Whites. People are going to say, I'm going to go to Walmarts. I don't know, they, they do. That's what they say. People say, I'm going to read the book of Revelations. It's Revelation. Revelation is full of revelations. So a friend of mine, his wife died recently. Within the last six months. Understandably, he is taking it. He's taking it hard. Thank God she was a believer. He knows he'll see her again one day. There's the, he does not suffer as one without hope. Praise Jesus for that. Nevertheless, he's upset. So he's making a lot of Facebook posts about how he's getting by and what he's doing. And he went and got a tattoo the other day. He said, I want to get a tattoo like my wife's. His wife's name was Kelly. Kelly had this same tattoo and I was going to get it. And it referenced her favorite psalm. And he showed a picture of the tattoo and it said psalms. And I forget what psalm it was. Psalm 100. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I guess the tattoo artist didn't know you write Psalm 100, not Psalms 100. And I was typing in a comment, you know you don't type in the S. And then I was like, you know what? That's really not helpful at this point. 
It's not going to make him feel any better about his wife. And they already tattooed it on there. So, somebody, I'm going to tell my therapist this. I didn't make the correction. Growing. But hey, rednecks out there, if you're going to tattoo yourself with a reference to the Psalms, just put Psalm. Unless you're using two of them, like Psalms 101 and 102. And this scripture references Psalm 22 because it talks about uh, Jesus' uh, clothes being gambled upon. They cast in lots. Matthew 27, verse 35, And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among themselves by casting lots. And sitting down, they began to keep watch over him there. And above his head, they put up the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. So, if you go read Psalm 22, not Psalms, Psalm 22, I think it's in verse 18, it talks about casting lots for his possessions. That is what we call the Messianic Psalm. And by the way, I got some cheer wine from Cookout, so you're going to have some pauses. Probably another reason I don't feel good. I don't usually drink Cokes. I know it's not a soda. It's a co I know it's cheer wine. I know it's cheer wine, but it's a Coke. It's a classification. I don't usually drink Cokes. I try to stay off of them. It's late. I thought I'd treat myself. You can't get cheer wine anywhere. My, most anywhere. It's hard to find out of North, outside of North Carolina. Anyway, I'm enjoying it. It's like a cherry Coke. They wanted to re I should stop drinking it. I'm, it tastes so good, though. I'm going to drink it again. So there's that reference to the psalm. So we have two quick references to a psalm here as Jesus is being crucified. And we can see a, in the Old Testament a suffering Messiah is predicted for us. Prophesied, I should say, probably. And they cast lots for Jesus' garments. He ain't going to need them. He's dead. So, but not for long. This seems sort of out of place. Could you imagine today? I think they just executed some guy in Alabama, or they're about to, via new method. I think they're going to use nitrogen gas because... They couldn't find a vein to execute him with a lethal injection. I guess he got two last meals. Anyway, we wouldn't expect somebody to be executed today and the, the guy who flips the switch on the electric chair or presses the button to suffocate him with the gas is like, alright, hold on. Let me, let me take his sweater. I want to take this home. Also, do you notice how Jesus was condemned and they killed him right then? It takes years to kill somebody now. But back then, if you were condemned to death, they'd kill you right then, pretty soon, and they take your stuff. It seems kind of gross, like taking somebody's stuff, but if we want to think about it, they didn't have a Walmarts back then. So Jesus' garments would have had some worth to him. I mean, Jesus didn't have a lot of stuff we don't think, 
He said the Son of Man doesn't have foxes and hens. Uh, he said foxes and hens. Foxes and hens? It's not hens, is it? No. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I, I, I guess I was thinking about foxes in the hen house because the uh, tangent, tangentially, tangentially, no, tangentially, the show topic sort of about Joel Austin. I guess I was thinking about foxes in the hen house. But the foxes have dens and the birds have nests. Don't kill me, tractor trailer. But the son of man. Foxes have dens, not hens. Well, I guess they could put a hen in their den. It's a late show. Uh-oh, I'm rambling. Foxes have dens. And birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. If he didn't have a house, he probably didn't have a closet full of clothes. And you remember the, the, the Levitical law, if you borrow a man's cloak, give it back to him at night. If you've got his cloak for, for collateral, make sure you give it back to him at night. Why? Because they didn't have big, fluffy, fuzzy blankets like we do now. These Roman soldiers might not have had a lot of coats. So even Jesus' coat was worth something. It'd be really worth something. I'm surprised the Catholic Church doesn't have it. Jesus' cloak. You can lick it and it'll heal you of all your, all your uh, infirmities. And it only costs $500 a lick. I'm going to go home and Google that. Or you can. I bet some cathedral or somewhere claimed to have it once. But they wanted his coat because even a poor man's coat was valuable. And they cast lots to see who would get his various garments. I guess they were, I don't know, gambling for his shoes. I don't know what kind of underwear they wore back then. I, would, I don't care how poor I am. I'm going to draw the line right there at gambling for some criminal's underwear that we're about to crucify. And speaking of Jesus' supposed crime, we like to say he was an innocent man, but if the charge is king of the Jews, well, he's guilty as charged because he is the king of the Jews. He just didn't want to recognize it. And like I said before, the Romans were making fun of him. They knew how popular he was with some of the Jews. This is your, this is, you think this guy's special? Here's king of the Jews. Let's crucify him and mock him. And with that, with that, we'll end the Bible chapter review. I don't know if we're going to get to the show topic. Too many tangents about cheer wines and redneck tattoos. Ooh, cheer wines and redneck tattoos sounds like it'd be a really good country song. And I don't know if it would be like a good Tom T. Hall song, like a sad one. Oh, I'm left with nothing but cheer wine and redneck tattoos. Like, you know, it's just kind of a sad old country song. Or maybe like a rockin' Gretchen Wilson's uh, um, modern country song. I guess she's modern anymore. If you come down to my house, you better bring some cheer wine and go out and get some redneck tattoos. As long as it's none of this Luke Bryan, what's that, what's that guy on The Voice? You can't tell the difference. They all sound the same. None of that. Dressed up to sound like rap music sometimes. You know, you know who I would like to sing cheer wine and redneck tattoos? Hannah Dasher. That's who I'd like to sing it. She has a touch of the authenticity. 
though her songs can be a little rough on the edges. Do you know Hannah Dasher has a has a, a Jesus song? If you buy ugly houses, it's not the house is a metaphor for Hannah Dasher, and Jesus accepts us even with our ugliness. <coughs> All right, what in the world am I talking about? Oh yeah, if you have a question about Christian theology and apologetics, we're done with the Bible chapter review. Aren't these night shows the best? If you have a question about Christian theology and apologetics, you can send it to SethDunn88 at gmail.com or dial 470-315-0875. The Christian Commute is your theological roadside assistance. I have but one question. This is my one and only question. My one and only's gone. I wish I could sit down and have another cheer wine with her. Getting another redneck tattoo with the Psalms on it. Sometimes on country music radio, they change the words. So if you sang that in Texas, it might be Dr. Pepper instead of Cheerwine. There's a Montgomery Gentry song. Lord knows I'm a lucky man. God knows I'm a lucky man. Lord's given me a pretty fair hand. Got a house and a piece of land. Few dollars in a coffee can. And then Troy Gentry died. You know, you know that song. John Michael Montgomery. It's not Eddie Montgomery's still alive. John Michael Montgomery's brother. And there's a part in the song that goes, Last Sunday when my Bengals lost. And if you hear that song out in Atlanta, it says, Last Sunday when my Braves lost, it put me in a bad mood. So they could change it in Texas with the modernness and whatnot. But sing about Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is more popular in Texas than Cheerwine. Regional sodas are still a thing down here. What with all the globalization. Terry from California, it's 5.56 from her, for her. Terry, when I left, the CFO was about to call an accountant in our, one of our California divisions to talk about the budget. It's like, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm gone. But those California accountants are still working. So maybe, Terry, when you listen to this, it'll be after a long work day. Ooh, it's busy. Terry's doing, you do taxes, don't you? You're right in the middle of it. Terry wants to know why why do Matthew and Luke's genealogies give different names for Joseph's father? And she wrote on and on and we could mention that it's not that's not the only difference in the genealogical accounts in Jesus when Matthew 1 and Luke 3. Uh, some of them include different people. Anyway, the theory on that the theory on that, <coughs> and I don't want to get this backwards, so let me look at my note, is that Luke is referencing Mary's genealogy, because Mary's from the line of David too, and Jesus isn't related to Joseph genetically, uh, only by adoption. And it even mentions that in Luke, Joseph, the supposed father of Jesus, when we know it's the virgin birth, Joseph didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, he took care of him and stuff. Like, you know, there's a lot of songs I can think of too 
about a woman who's going to have a bastard baby and and there's a guy who's going to come along and take care of the woman and the baby there's randy travis and that's that's clearly the randy travis song is clearly an allusion to jesus i'm going to raise him up but i'm going to raise him this it starts like a regular guy and he's marrying a pregnant woman and says may not be bone of my bone flesh of my flesh but I'm going to raise him. And then it refers to Joseph and Mary. And then Jesus dies on the cross and God says, But I'm going to raise him up. That's a Randy Travis song. It's an overtly religious song. But there's a Jason Isabel song that I think is even better. Shotgun Wedding. How about a shotgun wedding? What about your dignity? And is it a different setting? What about me? And the guy mentions in the song that the girl's in trouble, but I know it's not my fault, but I wish it was. That's a good song. Sometimes people meet me and they're surprised because you meet me and I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't cuss. And you walk in my office, there's a license to ministry on the wall. I got my MDiv framed. And well, look, here's this churchy guy. And they're like, oh, do you... You like this song, or you heard this song, and I'm like, I don't listen to Christian music. In fact, they were playing Christian music at cookout, <coughs> and it all sounds like one long <coughs> feminine song. I can't even tell the difference. It's horrible. No, I don't listen to Christian music. I listen to Jason Isabel. Jason Isabel is the greatest living American songwriter. Take that to the bank. Why are the genealogies different? The theory is that they are different because Matthew is referring to Joseph's line, Joseph's genealogy. I think he starts with Adam and goes forward in time. And I think Luke starts with Jesus and goes backwards in time. I think. I just read it before I left, but it was late. And it, one of them mentions Joseph's father as one name, and Matthew mentions it as another. And the theory is, since they didn't have a term for son-in-law back then, that when they refer to Joseph in Luke, they're referring to him as the husband of Mary and the son-in-law of Mary's parents, or Mary's father. That's the theory. The other theory could be that it's wrong, but that's just hard to believe because wouldn't people notice that? They're putting together the canon of the scripture. They'd say, well, we can't include these both. They're contradictory. That's what always gets me when people, I've got found, a, I've found a, 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 an error in the Bible. I've found a contradiction. Oh, you just now noticed it? Well, you looked down. I, I like to pretend to look down at my watch, even though I don't wear a watch because I have a phone. And I pretend to look down at my watch for the date. Well, it's two, oh, 2023. Congratulations, you noticed it 2,000-something years later. This was written in 70 AD, and you figured it out. The whole religion's a sham. Everybody built these churches and communities all over the world upon Christ, and they, they didn't notice. There's two different names. It's because you don't understand the theology. If you're reading the Bible and... 
to find errors instead of the theological point, you're doing it wrong. Now listen, some people read the Bible and they're honestly reading it as Christians to try and grow and be discipled and they, they're, oh, what's, I don't get it. Why is this different? And they want to be able to explain it. That's good. The kind of question Terry's asking is good. But as an apologist, I mean, I give an answer like this is what people think, but sometimes it's like, you guys think they didn't notice that? Like, it has to mean something different. That is the most logical explanation. And I think that's the most logical explanation. That they're talking about Mary's ancestry versus Joseph's ancestry. And remember, Luke came after Matthew. It's a synoptic gospel. So there are... There's more detail in Luke. Thematically, there's more detail. So it's like, oh, you already have for Matthew this detail of Joseph, but don't forget about Mary, too, because... Jesus wasn't even really technically related to Joseph. Te- I don't. I mean, bio- I, I guess I should say biologically, because technically, I guess he was. Because technically, I don't know. If, I don't know if they had official adoption papers back then. But if somebody said Jesus, who, who's your dad? Be like, here's Joseph right here. But I'm really the son of God. Maybe that's what he'd say. I don't know. I'm out of cheer one. You know there's always like a little, you can hear the, I got the styrofoam cup killing the environment. Nothing beats a styrofoam cup. Future generations, don't you want me to have a cold drink? They're going to go my genealogy and they're going to be like, Thompson beget Stephen who beget Seth who drank out of styrofoam and his kids lived in a destroyed post-apocalyptic world because of it. <coughs> Thanks a lot, Cookout, Chick-fil-A. Who else has styrofoam cups? Does McDonald's have styrofoam cups? I think if you get a large, you get a styrofoam cup. A big old $1 cup of McDonald's half and half tea. Thanks for writing in, Terry. If anybody else has a question about Christian theology or apologetics, Please send that in. Otherwise, when I get to do the show on Tuesday, if I don't break another ankle, it's not broken, it's sprained. If I don't sprain another ankle or get more flu, or if the Lord don't come back, I'll, I'll need the Tuesday question. All right. I mean, I'm already on Highway 41. It's going to be a short show topic. What was it? Going, what was it? Begs Biggie befriends. So we've already covered covered Alistair Begg and his terrible advice <coughs> to tell somebody to go to a same-sex wedding. And every conservative evangelical blogger and podcaster in the world has come out of the woodwork to say, boy, this is terrible advice. This is bad. And Alistair Begg pretty much got kicked off of American Family Radio, which is a Christian radio network, because they called him and they said, you know, we, we think you're wrong about this. And he was well, I think I'm right. We'll just agree to disagree. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to take you off our radio stations. So, I mean, it's really hard to get kicked off of, you know, parachurch radio, but he did. And then he was supposed to be at John MacArthur's Shepherd Conference. And they just announced, oh, well, it'll be a distraction, so he's not coming. It's like a really nice way of saying, like, he's so wrong, we don't want him to be anywhere near us. <coughs> so, 
He's out of Shepcon. But what's interesting, if you look at the statement from American Family Radio, and if you look at the statement from Shepherd's Conference, slash Grace Community Church, Grace to you, whatever the ministry is, John MacArthur, Phil Johnson, there's not so much an outright condemnation as they're like, well, you know, we just have a disagreement with him. I mean, I know not everybody is as over the top as I am. Like, on the last show, like, screaming how sinful it was. I get it. Just like last night at our basketball game, and one of my poor players was not covering his assignment. I was like, what do you got? What job? Aren't you doing it? Ah! The head coach is like, yes, it's funny. The head coach, I'm the assistant coach. And I, I have to sit down because only one coach can stand up. And I'm doing, he does the offense, I'm doing the defense. And I'm like, get on your bed, get in your zone. And they been like, why are you doing this one more time? I'm going to take you out. What are you doing? And I'm just losing, I'm losing it. And he's, he'll just, he'll just put his hand back. <laughs> like, stop. I'm like, all right. And my little barometer of, all right, that's enough. It's nice to have people in your life to be your little barometer. Like, okay, that's enough. very appreciative of those people anyway not everybody's like that on their podcast about how wretched and sinful that advice was but it's pretty much been universally condemned except by pro-gay people Matthew Vines and them surprise surprise people and them who else you talking about Seth Preston Sprinkle and them you know we could go on and on the, the, the revoice crowd I don't know if Preston Sprinkle said anything. I think Matthew Vines liked it. And then Al Mohler's on the briefing briefing today. And I stopped listening to the briefing. You guys know that. But it was shared in the Southern Baptist group. And all of a sudden, there's a timely episode of the briefing. Uh, dealing with the question, should a Christian attend a same-sex wedding? And Al Mohler says, no. And he says why because you're celebrating it and you're bearing witness that's that's the same reasons I gave everybody's given those reasons everybody knows this and do you know who he condemns he's like you know Joel Austin said this a long time ago and I'm like really Al you're going to condemn Joel Austin you're going to condemn Joel Austin about this everybody who listens to the briefing already knows Joel Alstein is a fox in the hen house. We don't even really consider him in part of the hen house. He's an obvious heretic. Obvious heretic. But Al Mohler, February 2nd, 2024 episode of The Briefing, doesn't even mention Alistair Begg. Doesn't even mention American Family Radio. Doesn't mention Shepherd's Conference. Just, I feel like I need to address this. Joel Alstein gave bad advice on it. Dude, nobody's talking about Joel Alstein's bad advice. You're addressing because it came from Alistair Beck. Now, here's the difference. Here's how the Big Eva people are. If you've ever seen The Departed, it's a lot like that. You've ever seen that... Uh, it's it's a it's a re- Martin Scorsese. It's full of words and violence. Be warned. It's a remake of a film I think from Hong Kong called Internal Affairs, but it's called The Departed. 
And it stars Leonardo DiCaprio as an undercover police officer. And Matt Damon is a police officer who's really like sort of an undercover mob informant. It's a really good movie. And Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to infiltrate the mob. I think I've used this as an example several times. And he beats this guy up in a bar who's connected. And the number two mobster says, there's guys you can hit, and there's guys you can't hit. And that's how it is in Big Eva. You can kick the crap out of Joel Alstein. But you, if you're Al Mohler, you cannot hit Alistair Begg. You cannot get on your podcast and say, Alistair Begg gave sinful, horrible advice. Don't ask him for advice. You get on there and everybody knows you're talking about Alistair Begg, but, well, Joel Osteen did it. Don't do it. <sighs> the Big Eva people who are on in Christian radio, like National Religious Broadcasters Network, American Family Radio, Grace to you, all these people are having conferences and selling tickets off of people like Alistair Begg and, and, and John Piper and Al Mohler and Phil Johnson, and Steve Lawson, you name them, name them, name them, name them. The same 15 Calvinists. You're, the people who've legitimized Alistair Begg for years by association, namely Al Mohler, can't even be brought to mention his name and instead mentions his misdeed and, and says, this is like something Joel Alstein did. A lot of these guys out there are just cowards because they know if they rebuke to the level that needs to be rebuked, people are going to say, well, I'm not going to invite them to my conference. I'm not going to put them on my radio station. They're, they're Pharisees. They're mean. And by the way, that's exactly what Alistair Begg's doing. He doubled down. Not only did he double down with American Family Radio, he doubled down in his own pulpit preaching some eisegetical sermon, misapplying the text of the prodigal son and, and basically calling anybody who disagreed with him on the gay marriage thing, quote-unquote gay marriage, a Pharisee. Terrible. What a Baptist podcast, man. I'm talking about movies with F-words and double down is a gambling term. I don't smoke, though, or drink, or cuss. Or listen to Christian music because it's horrible. I like that Randy Travis song. I like Randy Travis. If Okay, that's it. That's the show. I'm pulling into my driveway. These big evil people make me want to puke. If I had billions of dollars, I would hire Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito to remake Throw Mama from the Train, even though that woman's dead. And I'd say, the character would say, these big evil people make me want to puke. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Lord willing, we'll be back with you again. Tuesday, as always, God bless. And as always, remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to sethdunn88 at gmail.com. If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.